Today, the Bible reading comes from the book of Colossians, chapter 2, and it's verse 6 to 15, and that can be found in page 1183 of the Pew Bibles. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Gordon. I'm assistant minister here. It's great to be with you this morning. Uh, please join me as I pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us everything we need to live a life in relationship with you. As we think about this passage now, help us to see just how amazing your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, is. In his name we pray. Amen. Well, there are a couple of years of my early 20s that I look back on now and call my learning Kung Fu phase, my learning Wing Chun phase, my Wing Chun phase. Wing Chun is a type of Chinese Kung Fu. Um, basically, me and my mate we were watching this movie, it's called Ip Man, it's pretty famous, it's about um, a guy who was the teacher of Bruce Lee, it's got Donnie Yen in it, um, and it's all about Kung Fu, this, uh, Wing Chun, this particular form of Chinese Kung Fu. Anyway, we watched it, and we're like, this is awesome, you know, we've got to learn Wing Chun. And so at that time, I knew a guy who was part of a Wing Chun Academy down in Chinatown, and he was like, hey, you should come down to Chinatown, do a few trial lessons, check it out. And so me and my mate were like, yes, let's go, let's do it. We went down to Chinatown, did a few trial lessons, and we were like, this is awesome, this is sick, let's you know, take my money. We paid the membership fee, um, we got the uniform, had the pants and the shoes, and we started doing these classes, Wing Chun classes. At first, it was just once a week, you know, once a week down in Chinatown. Then it became twice a week, then three times a week. We really got into this. And then we were ready to pass the first grade. There was like a grading ceremony on a Saturday morning. All the sifus, all the teachers were there, and we had to do all these challenges. And we passed. I'm now in grade two. I can learn all these new moves now. I can learn this thing called tisa, which is like, uh, it means sticky hands. It's you know, really cool. Uh, anyway, 
After a while, things in life started to get a bit busier. Uni work was picking up. And I also started to realize you know, there's maybe not as much real-world application for this kind of stuff as I first thought. Uh, I mean, I don't go around fighting people. And plus, the really cool stuff in Wing Chun was like grade 10. That would have taken us ages to get to. And so I started going less and less and less. And eventually, I stopped. I didn't continue. Now, I know a few people who look back similarly on a period of their own lives, which they'd call their Christian phase, their church phase. And the story might be quite similar. You know, they had a friend introduce them, they enjoyed it at first, they got really into it, got more and more involved. But over time, other things in life came up. They didn't quite see the benefits of church, and they didn't continue. As we continue our series in Colossians, uh, we've come today to the guts of this whole letter. This passage, which Harry read for us, chapter 2, verses 6 to 15, it's a summary of what the message of Colossians is all about. It's a key passage. It's the summary passage. And verse 6 in particular, it's like the summary verse of the summary passage, this key verse in this key passage. The whole message of Colossians is there in verse 6. So then... Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. Continue. The message is simple. Continue in Christ. Don't let what you have now with Jesus become a phase that you look back on in X number of years' time and say, oh, that was just my Christian phase. Continue to live your lives in Him. But why? And how? How do we continue? And what does it actually look like to continue with Jesus? Uh, That's what we're thinking about this morning. And we'll see that to continue in Christ is completely different to continuing with something like Kung Fu. And so um, the plan ahead, we'll spend half our time looking at these key verses in uh, verse 6 and 7, Paul's encouragement to continue in Christ. And then we'll spend the other half looking at Paul's warning in verses 8 to 15. So if you could keep your Bibles open to this passage, uh, there's also an outline you can find Uh, in the booklets. It will help you follow along with what I'm saying. And so let's look uh, a little bit deeper at verses 6 to 7. And I want to start with the very first two words. So then. So then. Uh, Verse 6 actually comes off the back of what Paul has said in our passage last week. And if you glance up in your Bibles at verse 5, we're reminded here that Paul has never met this Colossian church in the flesh. But he's delighted And he's encouraged to hear and see how firm their faith in Christ is. And so his encouragement here in verse 6 is, you know, you're going really well. Keep going. Keep going. But notice, it's just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue. Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, or as you were taught, he later says in verse 7, you know, as you receive this message, as you were taught this gospel, As you receive this person, Jesus, keep going. Continue. But look more closely at what they received. Look at the substance of this message that they were taught. Christ Jesus as Lord. As you you receive Christ Jesus as Lord. The substance of the gospel is that Jesus Christ is Lord. The shortest summary that you can find of the gospel in the New Testament is Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Three words. Jesus is the boss. He's supreme. See, the gospel is not just 
a message about salvation. Don't get me wrong. The death of Jesus for us, the atonement, the forgiveness of sins, is at the very heart of the gospel. We'll, see, we'll come to that later. But the gospel is not just a message of salvation. It's the news that Jesus is Lord. The one who saved us is the Lord, our Lord. See, to be a Christian is not just to want his forgiveness, but it's to want his lordship over you, to want to make him your Lord, your master, as well as your saviour. And it's to continue making him your Lord. Continue to live your lives in him. Now, the word that's been translated here is continue. It can also be translated walk. So other English translations say walk in him. You know, keep walking. But what does that actually look like? You know, what does it look like to keep walking with Jesus, in Jesus? Well, verse 7. Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thank- thankfulness. Uh, these images in verse 7, Paul uses to paint a picture of what it means, what it looks like to keep walking in Christ. So we'll go through this one by one. Rooted. You know, think of a tree. You know, its roots deep into the ground, you know, keeping it firm and stable. Its roots are drawing all the nutrients that it needs, not just to survive, but to thrive and to grow. And as this tree grows, its roots go deeper still, you know, deeper into the ground to draw even more nutrients. Rooted and built up. You know, when you take a cross-section of a tree, right? Um, you see that it has rings in the trunk. The bigger the tree, the, the wider the trunk, and the more rings it has. And that's the picture. You know, as this tree is deeply rooted, as it's thriving, getting all these nutrients, then over time it becomes wider, bigger, stronger, strengthened in the faith. That's what Paul says. You know, it's a picture of transformation, of growth, not staying the same. You know, this tree is getting stronger. Its roots are getting and they're growing deeper into the ground as it thrives, and it's overflowing with fruit, producing an abundance. Paul says, overflowing with thankfulness. There's so much that this tree is producing. It's spilling out all over the street, you know, and the, the council has to send people to clean it up every week. That's the picture. There's thankfulness, you know, spilling over. Uh, John Lennox, he's an Oxford mass professor and a Christian apologist, he has this book that actually um, Fiona Choi um, told me about, and it explains really helpfully the difference between Christianity and other religions. And he has this diagram um, which he uses to explain how all religions work. And so John Lennox says, and I quote, in most religions, there's a door of initiation at the beginning. So see that, you know, at the, at the bottom of the path there, there's a little gate. Perhaps it's like a ceremony of some kind. And that leads to your starting along this path. It's uh, the wavy line. Along the way, you have people to teach you and guide you. See those academic hats there? And the path goes, goes up and down according to your success in following that path. At death, you then come to a final assessment, so the scales of justice at the top there, where your life is scrutinized, whether you are permitted to advance into a glorious you know, world to come, depends on your good deeds outweighing your bad ones. What John Lennox is saying here about religion 
It's kind of like my kung fu journey, isn't it? You know, I started on this journey. There was a ceremony at the start. I learned some moves and skills. I got graded, and so I moved on to a higher level, and I learned some more, you know, some new skills. But can you see that's not Christianity? That's not Christian progress, as we've seen here in Colossians. That's not how you continue as a Christian. Christian progress is not about upskilling. It's about getting deeper into what you received at the very beginning. You never graduate from the gospel. You never graduate from trusting in Jesus. You never graduate from reading the Bible every day, praying to God, coming to church. You know, we're not encouraging you to go to gap groups so that you can graduate from grade one Christianity to, to grade two. We call them gap groups, gospel and prayer groups, so that you can grow deeper roots into the gospel, into this gospel that you first heard into this gospel that saved you at the very beginning of your journey with Christ. And as you grow deeper roots into this gospel, you'll be built up, you'll be stronger, and you'll overflow, you'll spill out thankfulness. And you also won't be thrown around. You see, the second part of this passage is a warning. So have a look at verse 8. Paul says, See to it, that no one takes you captive from hollow, uh, through hollow and deceptive philosophy. Watch out, Paul's saying here. Watch out. Now, see to it that no one takes you captive. Now, what are these hollow and deceptive philosophies? Well, Paul does give some more specific uh, suggestions in the following passage, so from verse 16 onwards, so I won't open that up here. But notice in verse 8 how Paul describes these philosophies. Uh, so hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For Paul, anything that has its basis not on God but on man, any narrative that depends on human thought and not on Christ is both hollow and deceptive. Don't be captured by its allure. Don't give your life to it. Don't Make it your master and your Lord. I think one of the most powerful philosophies or narratives in our world right now is about our identity, about who we are. And it kind of says this, you know, no one can tell you who you are or who you want to be. You are who you want to be. You are you. And, you know, there's actually a whole history of how this thinking came to be so dominant. I won't go into that. But my point is, is that we can be captured as Christians by this. We can start thinking that our identity has to be determined by me, not by Christ. I have to build who I am, my identity. I need to be me. And not only is this an example of human tradition, like I said, this is actually not new stuff. There's, you know, it's part of human culture and tradition. But Paul says here it's also spiritual. Elemental spiritual forces of this world, he says. Uh, in the West, we're probably a bit confused as to what to do here. You know, what do you mean this is spiritual? We don't talk so much about evil spirits and stuff. I used to work near Pitt Street Mall and Mun Place, and on my lunch breaks, I'd walk around. And never before have I felt the allure of advertising, you know, the amount of messaging, the visuals. You could be like that if you had this, if you bought this. Let me tell you, I've never felt the pool of advertising like that ever before. You know, you're telling me that that kind of messaging that seemingly harmless messaging about my identity and what 
It could be. Are you telling me that that's not at all spiritual? See, every day we're confronted by hollow and deceptive philosophies that try to capture us away from Christ. And Paul says, watch out. Watch out. But what's his reasoning? Verse 9. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. See, the worst time for someone to sell food to you, the worst time for Maccas to try and get you to buy its really unhealthy food is when? It's right after you had another meal. You know, why would Maccas, you know, why would you buy Maccas when you're already full? And that's Paul's argument here. You are already full. In Christ is the fullness of God. We've seen that already in Colossians 1. Jesus is fully God. But get this. You are in Christ. You are in the one who is fully God. In Christ, you have been brought to fullness. In Christ, you are full. You don't need anything more. This is one of the most beautiful truths of the gospel. See, Christianity is not just about historical events. It is about the death and resurrection of, of Jesus. It, but it's more than that. It's more than these true events that happened in the past. It's about also God tying those events to you, to who you are, to your identity. So look uh, with me in how many times in this passage the phrase in him occurs. Just scan the passage with me. So verse 6 Continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him. Verse 10, in Christ you have been brought to fullness. Verse 11, in Him you were also circumcised. Verse 12, having been buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him. You are in Christ. God has united you with Him, with Christ, through His Spirit, so that His death on the cross is yours. His burial is yours too. And his life, his glorious resurrection life, is yours too. This is the beautiful doctrine of our union with Christ. And Paul's saying here, if you realize what you already have in Christ, you won't need to look for other things to fill you up. You won't be attracted by these deceptive philosophies. You don't need anything, you know, these other things, whether spiritual or material, to make you complete. You are already full in Christ. See, there's no grade one Christian and grade two Christian. You don't level up in Christianity. Once you're a Christian, once you trust in Jesus, you are full. You are full. And you're fully forgiven too. Verse 13. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. If you are in Christ, if you trust in Jesus, you are fully forgiven. Now, verse 14, which Pippi gave a great demonstration of, of the law court image, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. See that list of charges and accusations and sins that we all had against our own name that condemned us to judgment, it's been cancelled removed, taken away, nailed to the cross, paid for. There was an American lawyer, a Christian man, who went through one of the worst of tragedies imaginable. 
on a really tragic voyage across the Atlantic Ocean. All four of his daughters and his wife died after their ship sunk. I mean, how do you continue from that? How do you continue in your faith after that? But after this tragedy, this man wrote a hymn. And in the middle of this hymn were these words. Uh, let me read them out. It says, My sin, O oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O oh, my soul. How did he continue in Christ after such a tragedy? He looked back at the cross. He looked back at the cross where all his sin was nailed. He looked back at the cross where Jesus Christ disarmed the powers and authorities of the spiritual world, humiliated them, verse 15 tells us. He looked back at the cross where Christ won the victory. Can you see the power of the cross? Can you see that you need nothing else? Can you see all your sin nailed there? Can you see Christ victorious? Above all, no rival. You see, the key to this key passage is Christ. How do you continue walking as a Christian? We actually look backwards. It's like rowing a boat. You have to look backwards before you can go forward, right? You have to look back at what Christ has done for you on the cross. You have to keep reminding yourself, keep growing deeper roots into this gospel that you first heard of Christ dying on the cross and rising again, this gospel which you have received. Don't depart from this gospel. And this is not just for us as individuals. Paul's actually writing to a whole church. The you here is actually plural. It's an encouragement to us to continue in this gospel. Our church history will tell you that the church is always a few generations away from departing from this gospel. See, one generation will take it for granted. The next one will assume that they know it. And then the next one will forget it. And then finally, the last generation will deny it altogether. Let's not be that. Let's not be that. So, St. Stephen's Willoughby, as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Let's pray. Father of grace and truth, give us the eyes to see Christ as Lord, as supreme. Give us the eyes to see that in Christ we are full. Give us the faith to trust that in his cross we are fully free and forgiven. Help us stand firm in this gospel. Grow our roots deeper in it, that we might not only stand firm but thrive, that we might spill out gospel fruit all over Willoughby, our suburb and beyond. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.